step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. We've got it all on this Overreaction Monday edition of the Lombardi Line. The good, the bad beats, and the ugly. Will the real worst quarterback in the NFL please stand up? Welcome in. Uh, alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi out there in Jersey, I'm Stormy Bonantoni, live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. In about 30 minutes, we'll also be joined by Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata, and an hour to our senior NFL analyst, Mike Pritchard. What a week for we have had in the NFL, Michael, and it's not over yet. Still Monday night football to come, but heck of a Sunday. It really was an interesting Sunday. You know, a lot of games in the early window, not great games in the late window. Uh, the Charger Raider game was interesting in the second half, uh, but, you know, and then the night game last night. I mean, you know, when it was 20 to nothing or 17 to nothing early after the Jets gained after the Chiefs gained 200 yards in the first quarter. I think I think this is coming to an end, and all of a sudden, Mahomes starts doing unlike Mahomes things. I, I, if I were at the Chiefs, I got to say this to you, Stormy. If I were at the Chiefs, this whole Taylor Swift thing to me seems to be more of a distraction than it needs to be. Like it's a self-inflicted wound on our team. See, I think okay. it needs to kind of like. I think it's like getting in the way of us being what we need to become. Michael, my only counter to that would be that this is a Kansas City Chiefs team that has played in and won Super Bowls. So if you're telling me having a celebrity in the building is a bigger distraction than yeah, all it, of the rigmarole and like fanfare that goes around a Super Bowl, I can't buy that. Like grow, grow up a little bit, maybe. It, it, it's it, it's a little bit, it's, it's, a, it's an attention vapor, right? And so... I know they can deal with it, but there's a lot of stuff going on that to me seems like you lose your focus. Like, just think about it. If you're Kelsey and you know she's coming to the game, I mean, there's a lot of planning that goes into this. Like, she just doesn't show up but with her <laughs> clear bag walking through security. Like, you got to get the plane. You know, you got to do. There's a lot of things that you have to do outside your life that become a little bit of a, a to me, become harder. So, I don't know. I, I just think I, I think it. One of the things I think the focus isn't there, and it looked like it last night. It looked like it for a quarter, and then all of a sudden it went away. And as good as they played defensively, I think not having Nick Bolton out there really hurt them, especially last night. And Zach Taylor, Zach Wilson, excuse me, played his best game. But when the game was on the line, when when it's twenty to twenty, from that moment forward. You know, they really couldn't do anything. They, they could not make a play offensively. And, you know, he had the fumble. And then when you break down the game, you know, when you break down the rest of the game from that moment forward, I think he was, he was six of seven, you know, six of seven for like 17 yards. I mean, that, that kind of kills you when you go in there. What was he? Oh, excuse me. He's four of seven for, for 16 yards. 
They get they, after they tied the game, they ran 13 plays. He gets three first downs, and they're four of seven for 16 yards. So I do think it was an interesting game, Michael, because like you referenced, like the Chiefs get out to this kind of guns a blazing start, and you look like this Jets defense is just totally checked out. But then as Zach Wilson started to play better, it's almost like defensively they realized, okay, we actually might have an opportunity if he's going to play like this all game. They get reinvested. You have the Patrick Mahomes making the uncharacteristic mistakes. You talk about some of those football just like floaters, wobblers, right into the hands of the Jets defense. Um, But then Zach Wilson does some things that you just – Kind of, I, I know somebody as that was sweating a Chiefs teaser leg in this spot that I was screaming at the end of the game, like, where is my Zach Wilson fourth quarter interception or turnover that we just feel like is due? And then we end up getting it on the botch snap. But overall, it was a really good game from him, Michael. You mentioned the best this season, but yeah. maybe the best that he's had since he's been a starter in the NFL, honestly, given the caliber of defense we know that Kansas City has had. And Not only did he look different, Michael, but he sounded different, too. I'm curious your reaction to his Mm -hmm. postgame. I I thought he sounded different. I thought he looked different. He looked more confident. confident. He didn't look like the weight of the world was on him. And the other thing I think helped, too, is his offensive line, I thought, played their best game. What shocked me after watching the game and then watching again this morning is when I started to work on this week and work on the show – is how are the Jets a two-and-a-half-point dog to the Denver Broncos who might Mm -hmm. have the worst defense I've ever seen in my life? Mm -hmm. How is that? I know they're playing in Denver, but didn't the Jets do enough yesterday to think that they're the better team? Michael, there are a couple of lines like that. Or do you think this is the Zach Wilson is just going to be a disaster? Well, so that's the question, right? Is is what we saw this week – evidence that Zach Wilson can move forward in a positive direction and that Nathaniel Hackett's dialed up some things that can have him have success or was this the anomaly and that he's just going to go back to what we have largely seen from Zach Wilson but you have that line Michael and then another one that intrigued me a little bit was the Bengals Cardinals line looking ahead to next week and I know they did make an adjustment on the initial look ahead where it was an eight and a half point spread but then reopened yesterday five And based on the things that I've seen from the Arizona Cardinals and what I've seen from the Cincinnati Bengals, that was another line where I was like, "Um, are we sure that that's the right number? Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I circled it down when I wrote it. I thought that to me, this Arizona Cardinal team has proven they've played well. I think Joshua Dobbs has played better than a lot of guys drafted in the first round. You know, he's he, he wasn't the problem yesterday. Look, they, they gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter, and, and you know that they're, they're a tough team to play, let's face it, San Francisco. When the quarterback only throws one incomplete pass, it's hard to slow them down. But you know, I think we're undervaluing Arizona. I, I don't think the solution for the Bengals is going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be really hard for them because they're in one formation. Now they lose one of their best players in Pickens. And... And so they lose the outside receiver, uh, Higgins. I'm sorry. I think of Carl Pickens, who used to play this, looks the same when he was at the Bengals. But they lose, Hig- they, they lose Higgins, and they can't run the ball. They really don't want to run the ball. And their offensive line is a disaster. So how does this get fixed? And Arizona just is going to keep playing hard, hard, hard. They, they don't give up. And, Michael, to bring all of this back to the Jets game – Zach Wilson through four games has better numbers than Joe Burrow. And that's not something that I saw on my bingo card or would have predicted based on what we've seen to this point. And again, exactly. And again, in that game yesterday against Patrick Mahomes, you put those numbers head to head and, and he outplayed Mahomes. If you look to at Opta stats, Wilson is officially the only opposing quarterback to have more completions, more passing yards and touchdown passes, as well as fewer interceptions than Mahomes in a Mahomes start ever. And that's college or pro football, 127 total starts, including the postseason. That is a wild, wild thought based on what we saw in this game. And and I know I got your opinion briefly on, on Zach Wilson sounding different. I want the people at home to hear it because we know last year, Um, Last November, the soundbite that made the rounds was the question asked to Zach Wilson, do you think you let your defense down? And he, without hesitation, said, no, no, moved on to the next question. Hear him last night. Yeah, that's on me. You know, critical situation. I can't I can't have a play like that. I cannot drop the ball, you know, and this team is sacrificing 
a lot. You know, guys were making plays, defense was making plays, O-line was protecting, um, receivers were making plays, and to be driving right there and to, to drop a snap, you know, I cannot do that. The maturity just sounds so much different than what we heard last year, Michael. I agree. And he played different and, and he's something to build on, right? It's yeah. something to build on. And I think it's, it's a giant step forward, but the, the elephant in the room is still their defense. They gave up 400 yards. Yeah. They gave up 200 yards. We said on the show Sunday morning, if you're taking the jets in the nine and a half, you're relying on Andy Reed to stop running the ball. Now he had 35 carries in the game for over 200 yards and 51 of them came from Mahomes, So they didn't stop running the ball, but had they run it even more, I'm sure they would have. Like, where is this jet defense that's supposed to be elite? I keep looking for it. Like, <laughs> I, and and you're, if you're going to win with Zach Wilson, if you're going to win, your defense has got to play really good. Now, they did in the red zone. This game's only close because the, the Chiefs were 0 for 4 in the red zone. I was laughing last night and I tweeted about it, Michael. I tweeted at you. Like, I loved how on the social media you were yesterday, you were doing your best Twitter Femi. And that was one of the comments that you made was about the Jets defense. Like, can somebody please talk about it finally? And unfortunately for the Jets defense, Michael, that sauce Gardner penalty late in the game with what should have been looked like it was going to be Patrick Mahomes third interception. He gets called. And then obviously that sets up the chiefs too, which RIP chiefs backers for Patrick Mahomes running and sliding at the two. So you don't get the cover on the big number there. But uh, that was one issue where I felt like the jets defense actually was good. And it stunk that that's the call that happened in that spot. It, it did, but it should have been offsetting penalties, in all honesty. I mean, because there was a hold in there, too, right? I mean, there was a bad hold in there that got away with it, and it should have, and that, that should have been offsetting. I thought it was, look, I, I know this. We could spend all day Monday talking about bad calls. You want to know bad yeah. calls? Go to, what, did you watch the Raider game? They <laughs> called it Jacoby Myers for offensive pass interference. The last play of the game, the guy pushes off the corner. They don't call that play. They call Kobe. They call Jacoby Myers for a crackback block when he was blocking the support guy in the run game. There was never even Trent Green said, "There's no crackback here." That cost the Raiders three points. So we, which again, no excuse. The Raiders lost the game, turned the ball over. They deserve to lose. Not suggesting that, but when you start playing that referee got in the way of the game, we could do it for every game. We could do it for every game. Like we could do it every. Like why didn't they call this? Why'd they call that? I mean, you can just sit around. It just it's your, you waste your time. It's like filling out the forms to judge the officials after a game when you're in the league. You're wasting your time. Yeah. They'll just laugh at you. And I mean, the there's game, same thing. There were. I was just going to say, and there's pretty much a, a holding on every offensive play in the NFL. If we really take a deep look at it, that's just how it is. But I mean, officiating, coaching decisions, still so much more that we're going to talk about on the other side, including we haven't even gotten to the statement performance of this past Sunday. The Buffalo Bills looked pretty dang good against Miami. We'll get into that in a moment on the Lombardi line. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. 
Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get our daily email recapping all of the best bets from each of our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the VSEN.com slash picks page where you can sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check out the top VSEN experts leaderboard as well to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VSEN expert has the hot hand at any given time. For VSEN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. You can sign up for just $19 for your first month at VSEN.com subscribe as we welcome you back into the Lombardi line and Michael, the Buffalo Bills yesterday with a statement division win over the Miami Dolphins Mm -hmm. never trailed in a 48 to 20 victory. It was the highest total on the board. It goes over. What impressed you more? The fact that Josh Allen now for a third straight game has played at an MVP caliber level after what we saw week one or the way that the Bills defense was able to combat the team speed and everything offensively we know Miami's been capable of. I I think the latter, because I think Josh Allen has finally found the, the formula in himself, that he's now the point guard. He doesn't have to be the scoring guard. He can be the point guard, and he can distribute the ball to a, a lot of different players and make plays. Plus, they're willing to run the ball, and they're not the, – the Bengals today are what the Bills were last year. The difference is Burrow can't duplicate what Josh Allen could in terms of taking over the game with his feet. He can't move. The Bills, when they were doing that with Allen trying to be the main ball carrier and all that, they didn't really have an offense. They had a bunch of plays, and they relied on their talent. Now they're running an offense, and they're really hard to stop, and it's fun to watch. I mean, you know, they didn't run the ball that well yesterday, but they ran enough where you were off balance, and then he was sensational in the passing game. His accuracy is at an all-time high level, and... I was really impressed. But to, to get Miami into 10 third downs, yeah. to get Miami and sack two or four times when you know the ball's coming out so quick, to hold Tyreek Hill, which we knew he was going to do. We knew McDermott had limited him to 18 catches for 170 yards in the last three games. What shocked me about this game, it, was, it wasn't close. Every other game has been close. But this Buffalo team, to me, even though I don't think I didn't think they were great on defense, they took the game over with their defense. And I know some of the numbers with Miami are obviously skewed based on what they did last week in the 70 point performance. But if you look at the averages through the first three weeks, they averaged 43.3 points per game, 550 yards per game. They were 13 of 28 on third down with just three total turnovers and one sack allowed. Yesterday, just 20 points, and although Miami did still get their yards, 393 total yards of offense, 3 of 10 on third down, as you mentioned, 0 for 3 on fourth down, two turnovers and the four sacks. First team to be able to get Tua to the ground. The speed of the linebacking core, the things that they were able to do, Michael, defensively, they lead the league in sacks and takeaways, and they don't have Von Miller. Like, that's what is another thing that I think goes unnoticed. Like, their key cog on defense isn't even out there while they're doing this. 
Yeah, I mean, and Leonard Floyd's picked up the slack. Leonard Floyd has been a great addition to oh, this yeah. team. He's really been something that they need. But let's put it in perspective here a little bit. Okay, so yes, the Dolphins almost had 400 yards. But when you look at the set, they got 120 of those yards in the fourth quarter when the game was over. The game was over in the yep. fourth quarter. And so, you know, the, the, the three drives they had in the second half when the game was over were 75, 63, and 64. So you're looking at almost 200 yards of the 300 that they got in the second half when the game was over. The scoreboard dictated the game was over. So credit to credit to Buffalo. Then they lose Tredarius White, who wasn't playing great, but he's kind of the heart and soul of their team. And Bedford, the other corner, was out too. But they're able to do it. They packed the middle of the field. They put a lot of pressure on two as something you know we had not seen. And he made mistakes. He did an overthrow. We've seen this before. Fumble. We've seen that before. And they couldn't get into a groove offensively. They couldn't keep pace. And we keep waiting for this, you know, we keep waiting for this Miami defense to turn the corner. They paid a first-round prick for Bradley Chubb. But Van Ginkle's had more production on terms of rushing the passer than Chubb has. Chubb's been non-existent in four games. For uh, Tredavious White, just because you mentioned that, I haven't seen an update on his MRI, but he is supposed to have one today. The fear is that it's a torn Achilles. Um, and also with that depth kind of in the defensive backfield, DeMar Hamlin did get on the field for the first time yesterday. It was just special teams, but maybe if there's some issues, there could be opportunity for him to get involved. He has gone up from minus 110 for comeback player of the year to minus 250 after now having officially taken the field. So I think that's something to keep an eye on in that spot as well. And and as for the division, Michael, like what an important win that was for Buffalo. That's what I keep thinking about, especially considering Miami going into the game was a minus 160 favorite in the division. Well, plus Miami went into Buffalo with perfect weather. I mean, could you have asked for anything better? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to get Buffalo and you get them the 1st of October, your perfect weather, that's got to favor Miami, which is what I thought would and why you I wanted to take the three there. You know, the one thing I want to throw out to you, and I'm sure you watch this game closely, Josh Dobbs for comeback player of the year. Now, I don't know what he's coming back from because he really didn't have a career, <laughs> but this kid's playing really well. Like, he's not the reason. He's playing better than a lot of guys that were drafted in the first round. You know? And and Hamlin, just to get on the field, deserves comeback player of the year. I get that. But Josh Dobbs, I don't even think he has odds to be comeback player of the year. But he, that addition to their team by him, trading for him, has been really impressive. I mean, he's made plays. Yeah, and if he starts winning some games too, like I saw somebody write on Twitter yesterday, I want to say it was Pam Maldonado, uh, a host here at Beeson, who said the Cardinals are the best team that's losing games right now. And, and Dobbs sitting there 28 to one, they've been competitive, they've been scrappy, they have not looked like the team we thought that they were going to look at, um, look like. So yeah, 28 to one for Dobbs, ninth on the odds board for comeback player of the year. Hamlin's still your favorite, minus 250. And Baker Mayfield there at 15 to one. I know we'll talk about the Bucks. A little bit later, but might he be the best quarterback in the NFC South based on what we've seen so far? Um, let's talk about this Eagles Commanders game, Michael, because I want your opinion on what happened at the end of the game. The Eagles end up winning in overtime 34 31. Don't cover. Um, total goes well over. But if we go through the end of game situation, Eagles are up 31 24. Washington gets the ball back late. They drive down the field. Time's about to expire. Sam Howell connects with Jahan Dotson for a 10 yard touchdown. It's 31 30. So-called Riverboat Ron, instead of <laughs> going for it and going for the win for the two-point conversion, elects to kick the extra point and take this thing to overtime, despite his rationale post-game being that his guys were gassed. Because if, if you're gassed, why do you want to play more football and go up against a defense that was just able to walk down the field? I don't understand that, but, uh, but neither here nor there. How did you evaluate the end-of-game decision-making from Ron Rivera? I think, you know, the, the, your point is well taken. Like, if you're exhausted, why don't we just get it all in one play, right? Let's just do it. Let's just get out of here in one play. But what bothers you more than anything is one of my criticisms of, of most of the team times when you are making these in-game decisions is nobody's paying attention to the game. The Eagles had moved the ball in the second half up and down the field. Yeah, They only had the ball for three minutes and change in the fourth quarter and still had 10 points. You know, and this Washington defense was not very good. All day, it wasn't very good. The Eagles averaged 6.2 yards per play. 
The only drive that they were able to get off the field in the second half was they got backed up their third and 12 and, and they missed the completion. But to me, why would you let Hertz, who's throwing the ball on you pretty regularly, you're getting no pass rush on him. Chase Young was really not existent in the game. And why would you give him a chance to get the ball? And yep, they had to go 10 plays. I think they got 34 yards plus Stormy. Elliott's a really good long range kicker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the ch- chances are you're probably not going to, if, if, and then you get the ball first, which your team's already tired, right? Yeah. Your team's already tired. And you got three plays and punt it back. Now you're done. Now you're doomed. I, I thought he should, I thought, again, not a second, not a first, second guess, first guess. I think he had no choice. They were gassed on defense. They were on that. That drive was almost a seven-minute drive at the end of the game. They were gassed. They were tired. I think Philly would have called timeout once the ball got placed at the two so they could get their breath. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, if your team is tired, doesn't that mean the defense is more tired? And you should? That like furthers the point that you should go for it in this situation? And also reinforcing the fact, if you looked at the live odds board at the end of the game, the commanders, Michael, when they went to overtime, despite getting the ball first, were a plus money price on the money line, plus 110. So I get that it's a 50-50 shot one way or the other if you want to finish it at the end of regulation or if you want to go for overtime. But it just felt like in that situation that your team would have been better off just trying to get the win in regulation. And this commander's defense now, back-to-back games, they've let up. 35.2 points per game the last two games, which is not nearly well, what we expected. Well, the last three, they've been over 30, Stormy. Yeah. The last three games, they've given up over 30 points. I mean, look, you know, they kept them on that field. I mean, look, there, that, there was a, that was a 10-play drive to score that touchdown. You don't think the Eagles were exhausted on that 10-play yeah. drive? Yeah. And if you're Philly, it hasn't been pretty, but that's 4-0. A win's but a win. 4-0. Yep, they keep on rolling. Speaking of Philly, I'll, I'll maybe have to find out from the break, Michael, how you're handling this James Harden sitting out training camp situation for the 76ers. We, we got to hit the break here. The we, music's coming, but, you know, found it interesting. <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Looking to be a better better? Of course you are, and tens of thousands of people have already turned to Juice Reel. That's Juice, R-E-E-L, in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book. It is a tool, though, to help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all your sports betting accounts into one app, loads all of your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly a billion dollars in bets from sports bettors all over the country. Use that data to follow the winners, fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool, Juice Reel. That's juice, like orange juice, Real R-E-E-L. Absolutely free. Download Juice Reel to your iPhone or Android device today and become a better, better. Welcome back to the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bonantoni with you. We welcome into the show Thomas Gable, director of the race and sports book at the Borgata out there in Atlantic City. And TG, we got a lot of games to get to, but I want to start from the book's perspective on Sunday night football, where obviously there's a ton of betting action coming in on the Chiefs here. What was the difference of emotions for, for you as a bookmaker seeing Kansas City go up 17 nothing in a blink versus the late game situation where the Jets actually had a chance to potentially win and maybe even knock out those money line parlays for you yeah you know that game it was one where the Chiefs were getting bet all week um, and you started to see a little bit of sharp money there come in on the Jets yesterday but the public was all over the Chiefs in this one so uh, we really needed the, the Jets to keep it close. And as you said, I mean, the game did not start off that way at all. I mean, it looked like it was going to be a blowout uh, after the first quarter. And then Mahomes has a really bad second quarter. And uh, suddenly the Jets have some life in them. And uh, it, honestly, uh, for the way that that ended, the Chiefs don't, don't get the cover Uh they, if you had them in a money line parlay, okay, that that still cashes, but uh, it, it saved a lot of, uh, of parlays there with with that. And on the spread, it was great. Uh, we did lose in play on that game um, when the Jets actually came back and tied that game. I think you could get them plus three and a half in in play. 
Uh, so we had some people take some shots there, and obviously they got the, they got the win there by a half point. If you got them there, plus three and a half. Uh, but overall, it was still uh, a decent result in the game um, for sure for those who bet um, pregame. And overall for the day, I have to say it was it was our best Sunday of the season so far for us. Um, I, I know a lot of books were were saying they didn't do too well because of how many favorites came through yesterday, but uh, result wise, it was the best, uh, Sunday of the season for us so far. And, uh, before we get into the individual games, and I apologize for jumping around. Can I just make a quick observation on college football from Saturday? If I can, um, I think we have enough data and enough of a sample at this point that for those who are betting college football, specifically those individuals who maybe are looking to back the Penn state Nittany lions, uh, in a game that at this point you probably have peace of mind that um, Penn state's coach, James Franklin has your best interest and probably your wagers best interest at heart. So I, I think at this point we have seen enough of that and that you should take comfort if you are a Penn state, maybe lion better. Uh, now we can go back to the NFL. Uh, that was just my quick digression in college football. Uh, but okay. So back to the NFL. Um, Starting off the day with the with the London game, Falcons and Jaguars. I don't know if you guys have touched on this game or not yet. Um, obviously, a, a pretty easy victory there for Jacksonville. Uh, most people were laying the points there with Jacksonville here, uh, close three and a half. And uh, you know, I, I was never really high on Spencer uh, on uh, on Ritter. I'm sorry, on Ritter for the Falcons and. Uh, he has really just not shown us really anything at this point. Um, you know, I know there, it was interesting coming into this year, you had some sharps that were fading the Falcons and you had some sharps who were very high on the Falcons uh, with their chances this year. Um, but they're definitely, uh, I, I think um, we need to see more from Ritter if uh, they're going to have any sort of shot here uh, this season. Um, but so we didn't go up to a great start after that London game, but the, the early slate of games, uh, the big winners for us were, were the, uh, the Ravens game against the Browns. Uh, again, that, that Watson news there with, with him not playing and, uh, caught a lot of people off guard there with the whole shoulder injury and, um, people were backing the Browns, uh, throughout the week. So we had a lot of advanced Browns money. So that really went our way there. In that one, the Eagles commanders game, uh, good result there. Only thing I could have asked for more is if uh, the commanders had won that game outright, but uh, the Eagles not covering was certainly a good one for us. Uh, that closed eight and a half uh, and Philly wins 34, 31 uh, in overtime. So good result there. And uh, the Bucks and the Saints, another good result there for us. People uh, certainly taking New Orleans. They were bet up from three-point opener up to four and a half. We're that close, so another decent result um, uh, with Tampa winning that one outright. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good results in the early uh, slate, uh, the, the afternoon slate, uh, with all the favorites uh, winning and uh, covering. Uh, not too much drama there, we, uh, but we, we made it uh, pretty much unscathed out of the, uh, the afternoon slate. So, yeah, all in all, very good Sunday. How about tonight, TG? What, what, I mean, I know you're a giant house. and Well, let mm -hmm. me, before we start, <clears throat> let's go to the Washington-Philly game because I know that was in the main board there at the Borgata. Yeah. What was the reaction yeah. when he decided to kick the extra point? Uh, I, I think there was a lot of surprise there because uh, almost everybody thought that he was going to uh, try to end the game uh, right there. So I, I know I was a little surprised that he was going to uh, try to take it to overtime on the road in Philly. Now, I will say this for the commanders. They have played Philly tough uh, in Philly the last couple seasons. Uh, and, you know, this game for where it went off, you know, at one point it got up to nine, as high as nine, uh, closed eight and a half. Um, Washington just always seems to play them uh, tough, especially early in the season whenever they, they meet up. But um, the the overall consensus, I, I think, was just shocked from people that the commanders 
didn't try to end it. Uh, and then probably some relief that, you know, it, especially if you had, uh, the Eagles in a teaser, uh, you were hoping that, okay, if, uh, this game goes to overtime that, uh, you can still cover your teaser and have that a lot. That was me. I was living and dying with the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. I had the Eagles and Chiefs in a teaser bringing those both down. So yeah. it was way popular teaser. It was Very way more of a sweat TG than I anticipated it being for both of those yeah. results. Um, but OK, let's get to tonight. Monday Night Football coming up as Michael referenced the Seattle Seahawks at MetLife Stadium against the Giants. Uh, for you guys, has the the shift been similar as what we've seen across the country where this thing opened around Pickham and seen mm-hmm. some Seattle money to where the Giants are now getting to at home? Yeah, we're actually still one and a half, uh, but as you said, it did move uh, from a pick. Early Seattle money. Uh, today, some Giants money starting to come in here, so right now, uh, as we stand, this game is very evenly bet here. Um, uh, not much of a decision uh, either way. A little bit more money here on the total. That's up to 47 from 45. Uh, but I, I think this is uh, kind of do or die time here for the Giants. I, I think that's the way you have to kind of look at this game. Um, you know, they they can't uh, start the season here with just another loss. So uh, I know, uh, Michael, you were uh, looking at the Giants this week, uh, kind of the same with, with that same calculus that this is uh, this is almost a must win spot for them. It, it has to be. I mean, they can't look. The Eagles are 4-0. We can say they're not playing their best football, which is true, but they're 4-0. And the mm-hmm. Cowboys are coming off of another blowout win. They've had three of their four wins have been blowouts. And so we know they're good. They stubbed their toe in Arizona, in the red zone more specifically. So the Giants, there's no margin for error here. I mean, they're competing to get that wild card spot. They're not going to win the division, I don't think based on their talent level, based on everything, this is a game they have to win. They haven't played well at home. they got to play well. They've been on the road for two weeks. Bad game. They had a good second half against Arizona. Horrible. Really didn't play very well. Whether Barkley plays or not, the one thing about Seattle, you can move the ball on Seattle. And I thought last year in Seattle, the Giants played good. They turned it over twice on punt returns, which cost them the game. But they played well up there. They should have won that game. And plus, they get some uh, some nice additions back to their offensive line as well for the Giants tonight. There's a a couple of troubling trends if you do like the Giants as it pertains to Danny Dimes in primetime. 1-11 straight up. Not ideal. But uh, I definitely agree with all of what you guys are saying that this is, if not now, when territory for the New York Giants. Thanks, TG. Appreciate your time. You got it. Thank you. That's Thomas Gable, director of the race and sportsbook at the Borgata, hanging out with us on a Monday, as he always does, Michael. But uh, yeah, I can't I can't help it. I see those primetime numbers for Daniel Jones, and it does not make me want to run to the counter and back the Giants in this spot. We've got plenty more to discuss when we return here on the Lombardi line as we recap the Sunday that was week four in the NFL. What does Michael think about Mac Jones' performance and how things will go moving forward for the New England Patriots? Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi line on VSIN. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. 
Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Football season is alive and well, ladies and gentlemen, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on all of the NFL action with great offers every game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of the week's epic matchups and walk away an instant winner. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with the code VEGAS. New customers bet just $5, get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Gotta use that code Vegas. The crown is yours. An opportunity to do that tonight with Monday Night Football upon us as well. But as we welcome you back to the Lombardi line, we're continuing to break down some of the results we saw yesterday. And Michael, there were a couple of teams that I think we thought were better that just got torched yesterday, most notably the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's start in New England because that thing started early in a loss to the Cowboys. It was 28 to three at halftime. Mac Jones had the interception and fumble. Both got returned for touchdowns. Another ugly interception in the third quarter. Bailey Zappi steps in. 38-3 final. It was the worst loss Bill Belichick has ever had as a head coach of the New England Patriots. How did you take it all in? Well, this has been going on. I mean, they have not been able to not turn the ball over. They've been playing for the last two years very un-Belichick-like. Uh, uh, they've lost games as opposed to avoid losing. And the other thing they've done is they've fallen behind. L let's just go over this year. I mean, in nine of the last 10 games, they've fallen well behind their opponent. This year, they start out 16 to nothing against the Eagles, 17 to three against Miami, 18 to three against Dallas. And those scores are all self inflicted wounds mm -hmm. by turnovers, by mistakes made by the offense. And, you know, you're backed up. You know, you got a chance to, you're backed up, you're pinned back there. You fumble, they pick it up, touchdown. Next thing you know, then you're throwing a pick six and game's over. This team's not built to play from behind. And you take away your best player, you take away Stevenson, who's got to get going running the football. But when you're behind all the time, it's hard to do that. So, look, I, I tweeted this yesterday, and, and things can change dramatically, but when Mac Jones was coming out, you thought you were getting a guy who would make really good decisions. He would be accurate with the football, and as the level of comp improved, he would rise his level. And that hasn't really happened. And when you look at the last nine games, it last 15 games, he's six and nine as a starter. Mm -hmm. Now you could say, well, they don't have very good skill players around them. Okay, that's probably the line and the skill players are probably, but some of these errors are just mistakes he's making. It has nothing to do with anything else other than his decision making. So that's going to have to improve. And now they're, Really, almost that game where they've got decimated by injuries in their secondary. Every player with the last name of Jones who plays in their secondary is on IR. There's three of them. Okay? And then, you know, they lose Gonzalez in the game. Mm -hmm. And so they're playing in that game from behind with Harold Bryant and Jay, with Miles Bryant and Jalen Mills and pl players that are not man-to-man -man cover people all the time. 
And when you do that, you, you've basically neutralized your defense. So no excuses. They played horribly. It's the worst game I've seen the Patriots play in 20-some years. And all the criticism that's coming towards them, they deserve. But the only way they can fix it is they got to stop giving games away. And Mac hasn't been able to do that. Well, and that's the thing that stands out to me about the way we've seen Mac Jones perform is because obviously like his rookie year, he comes in, he ends up performing pretty well. Then we look last year, takes a step back, but you don't want to blame him a whole lot because the coaching that he had on the offensive side of the ball wasn't exactly, you know, what you would hope to be for an offensive coaching staff. And so you thought in year three, okay, let's start to take some steps forward. And instead of ascending, he's regressing, it seems like, even more. And the mental side of the game that you highlighted and the decision-making that you anticipate, that to be his strength hasn't been. And so I don't think this is too prisoner of the moment to say, but I, I wonder right now if you're in that New England room right now and you're coming to the conclusion that, hey, Mac Jones just isn't the guy. But you're also kind of hamstrung to the situation. And it's not like Bailey Zappi has been great. He stepped in in relief and that didn't exactly go New England's way either. Um, I listened to Michael Strahan yesterday on the postgame show on Fox, and he was saying that he can't remember the last time he looked at a Bill Belichick team at this point in the season and just thought they don't have a chance. There's nothing there. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to feel that way. I don't think they've given you any indication there's something there. I mean, even the Jet game that they won 15 to 10, there's three or four plays in that game where they're they're trying to give the game back away. I mean, the third down throw, I heard Julian Edelman say it on the on the pregame show. You know, he throws a nine route out there. I don't know who he's throwing it to. Mm. And 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 this game to me was a game where I thought he could play well. And he's got a first 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 drive of the game. You know, Douglas makes a good run and catch, and then he's got Gasecki wide open in the back of the end zone. He's got to put the ball on him, and he overthrows him. And he said, well, he had some pressure. In his, oh, there's always pressure. There's always pressure coming from somebody, right? Yep. I, I think to me, this is a – I think the Patriots are, are, are a, lot, a lot like these other teams that draft the quarterbacks in that draft. San Francisco, Chicago, right? I mean, the Jets – and them, there's four, there's four first rounders, and none of them look like they are the future to where we're going to go. Now things can change. Maybe Zach Wilson will become Zach Wilson, will become a better player as we move forward. But Mac has been easy. Here's where I think gets confused, Stormy. His rookie year, his percentage of, of interceptions with Josh McDaniels as the OC was 2.5. Last year with Matt Patricia, it was 2.5. They're actually better offensively last year than they are this year offensively. No, but it doesn't. It doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit the narrative because everybody was saying Matt Patricia is no not any good as an offensive play caller. Okay, they were better last year as an offense than they were this year. It's absurd, and it it shouldn't be that way. Mac Jones, by the way, from a betting perspective, zero and eleven ATS now has last eleven starts as an underdog. The Pats three and nine against the number. Their last eleven games and two of the three of those ATS wins were against the Jets, who we know historically has been bad. Um, you talk about the Patriots being a team that you can't is, hide from those numbers. You Stormy. can't. You talk. You, you can't hide from those. I mean, like. When you gave me those, when we, we you were giving me the trends this week, like you can't hide from that, yeah. right? Sometimes. Like how do you, do, you can't, you, you can't, I mean, it, it can't just be there's not enough good players around you. You said that the Patriots are a team that's not built to come from behind. Neither are the Pittsburgh Steelers who got embarrassed in Houston falling yeah. 30 to six. They were held without a touchdown. Total goes under the 42. Stroud has 306 yards, two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Kenny Pickett, just over 100 yards. He had to leave the game in the third quarter with a knee injury. Mike Tomlin said after the game, they need to make changes. Take a listen to him post game. They, they ran the football. Um, and so, you know, they deserve a lot of credit for that, man. They, they ran that football with some backups in there. Um, and stayed on schedule and minimized our our opportunities. Hell yeah, we got to make some changes, man. Uh, that was that was that was an ugly product we put out there today. And so uh, we're not going to do the same things and and hope for a different outcome. What those changes are, man, we'll put together a plan uh, in preparation this week. Could among those changes be Michael Matt Canada looking for a job here soon? I don't think that's the, I, I mean, see, everybody wants that, but who are they going to put in? Who Who's taking over? You know, and nobody finishes the question, right? Who's taking over? I, I think this, look, 
that game was as, as bad as they played, and Kenny Pickett's hurt. He's going to miss. They got Trubisky going to start this week with ball, going to, uh, I think Baltimore's coming to town this week. So that's going to be a challenge. But look, here's the reality. They, they, why Mike is so mad is the same reason I'm so mad because I originally had this game as a, as my Hall and Oates play. I didn't want to touch it because I thought that the travel problems that they've had, they faced, and all the uncertainty going down to Houston, all that was going to be too much. And then I started analyzing the game, and there were no Texans offensive linemen that were going to play in the game. I mean, this is a good front in the Pittsburgh against a third-string offensive lineman in some of the key positions. It didn't matter, Stormy. It didn't matter. The handicap was completely wrong. They went and got it right after them, and, and they took the game to them from the first series of the game. They ran the ball. They threw it whenever they want. I mean, Strauss got over 300 yards passing again, and, and he's throwing. You say, you know, the Patriots don't have anybody to throw the ball to. Well, who was catching the ball for the Texans? Nico Collins? He had over 150 yards receptions. Like, at some point, you know, the quarterback makes the receivers really good, too. And and you got to give it to you got to give it to Stroud. He's been outstanding. Stroud, who is by the way the favorite now for offensive rookie of the year, plus one seventy five. He's thrown for twelve hundred twelve yards, second only to Cam Newton in his first four games for Carolina in two thousand eleven. So uh, a great start for C.J. Stroud, who to me like wasn't really somebody that was on my radar among that batch of rookie quarterbacks to start the season successful. I thought that it was going to be a long, hard road. He was going to struggle, but he has looked poised. He has yet to throw an interception through four games and he continues to impress. Um, We have to step aside. Hour two of the Lombardi line is coming up next. We will preview Monday night football and get Michael's biggest takeaways from the NFL week four Sunday slate. Don't go anywhere. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible. Plausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.